everyone. This is present day Mary here. It is currently April 6, 2020, and I just wanted to give a little update here that this episode was recorded way back in, oh gosh, possibly June or July of 2019. So if we are talking about things like Big Brother live feeds, we are talking about Big Brother 21 from 2019, and uh, who knows what else we might be talking about. The warm weather? What we're doing over the summer? Vacations? Not sure. Sorry that this has taken so long to get out, but any episodes released that were from season one or the beginning of season two are most likely recorded a long time ago, so just wanted to put that out there. But enjoy the episode. Hope everyone is doing well, all things considered, in this crazy, crazy time. everyone and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today we will be talking about the 11th episode of Riverdale Season 1, To Riverdale and Back Again. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski and I'm joined as always by the wonderful Kirsten McInnes and my friend Hannah Elam who is also wonderful and equally spectacular and beautiful as well. Who's supposed to talk now? (laughs) Kirsten, why don't you talk? How was your weekend? Um, It was good. I had to work. I had to watch some live feeds. I watched Legally Blonde, the musical on YouTube today. And so now I just keep being like, oh my Ooh, which God. version? The like one that MTV aired like years and years ago. Oh, okay. So the okay one. So the good one. I mean, it was good, I guess. Depends on your views of the lead in that. She's fine. Wow. I mean, I thought she was pretty good. Oh, wait, never mind. That's Laura Bell Bundy. No, that's the good one. Like, You're she's right. good. You're right. That like, is the good I'm one. Like, I was thinking I'm about like, the wait, other one. Wait, there's a better one? I was thinking about the one with the person who replaced her. It's fine. Oh, Make okay. No, on. I don't want that one. I like the... Uh, Yes. Like the OG. Hannah, are you into Legally Blonde the musical? I watched it when it was aired on MTV and I enjoyed it. That was closer to when I was in theater in high school. So I was like more into the whole musical scene. Yeah, I remember it happening when I was in high school, but I didn't I didn't watch it then. And then I found it on YouTube a little while ago, like a couple months ago. I had a weird phase where I got super into Legally Blonde and watched that. It's not that. a weird phase. That's a good phase. Okay, a good phase. But I watched that and then I watched the uh, MTV special, uh, the, what is it called? Like the, the road to the next L Woods or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so Searching wow. for the next L Woods, I think. Yeah. So was that after Which the was good fine. girl left? Yeah, it was about her leaving and they needed to replace her with someone. And so they did gotcha. like a reality TV style thing. MTV doing reality TV? That's insane. I know. It really is. I mean, it's no The Challenge, but it was decent. I mean, it, it might even be better. I, I need to watch it. It's pretty good, although like two episodes have disappeared from the internet. So if anyone can find those two episodes, that would be great because I can't find them on any notable site. I might be able to help you out with that later. I'll yeah. look Please, I'll, I'll look into it. I found a bunch of forums about other people who can't find them, but that was it. Oh, no. So, so if anyone else can find the two missing episodes of the the search for the next L Woods, let me know. <laughs> Anyways, Hannah, how are you? I'm doing well. I had some people come and visit this weekend. So it had. I'm an extrovert, so I got some extrovert on. And now I'm just chilling with my girls. Is that what you do? You get uh, extrovert on? I don't know. Wait, are you your girls? Yeah, we're yes. her girls. Oh, okay. I missed that. I was assuming you were talking about, like, I don't know, your cats or something. I don't have any cats. 
Oh, that must be Kirsten. No, she meant her husband, who is also her girls. My girls, me and Brian, you know, the girls. Okay. You don't have a cat? Why did I think you had a cat? Okay. Uh, you guys should definitely know. get a cat. Mm, I'm allergic, so it's... I'm allergic. Uh, <laughs> Wait, you lived with cats all in college, but you were allergic to cats? Yeah. Yeah, it's called I also... sucking it up and taking a Claritin. <laughs> I also, but the cats weren't allowed in my room, and so it would really stink to like just take not allow your cats in your room if it's your cat. I understand. No, I don't know. If I ever had a cat, I think I would still have my room, my boundaries. There's uh, no way the cat would not listen. Cats, I don't let my cats in my room when I'm not home. Yeah, my fair. cat's gonna be an outside cat. No, that's bad. They don't live as long. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. I retract that statement. <laughs> House cats, like indoor cats, live like years longer on average. So okay. everyone keep your cats inside if you can. All right. Well, that's some notable news. Shall we get to the Riverdale? <laughs> if we have oh, to. Oh, is that what we're here for? Yeah, you know, Riverdale seems like a pretty cat-free zone. 11 episodes in, we haven't seen any cats. And we've seen one dog. It's pretty much a pet-free zone. You're right. Who's the dog we see? Doesn't Archie Arch- have a dog? Archie's dog. Vegas. Yes. Vegas. Oh, right. Okay. Vegas. See, I was trying to remember his name earlier, and I told my sister I thought it was Zeus. I couldn't remember. What? <laughs> so, we were watching some season three. We've made it to season three. So. Whoa. Getting there. Anyway. Not us, though. On this podcast, we're still in season one. We're almost done. We're almost done. And then we have season two, which will be great. But season one starts off, episode 11, with a Jughead voiceover, like we do. People like to say that the death of Jason Blossom changed everything at Riverdale High, but certain things, certain traditions never change. Take Homecoming, for instance. Though Jason's jersey had been retired, the Riverdale Bulldogs would still be playing their arch rivals, the Baxter High Ravens, with the River Vixens cheering them on. So, first off, I know we've talked about this on the season three podcast, but let's go ahead and bring it up again. Kirsten, do you now know what homecoming is since that's not as much of a thing in uh, Canada? I think I know what homecoming is now. Okay. Because we think. had this discussion. We were talking about season three. And, yeah, and um, you, you broke it down. You explained it. Yeah, I broke it down. So if anyone else is listening and doesn't know what homecoming is, Kirsten, you want to you wanna explain what homecoming is? Um, so homecoming is a big football game in the fall, mm-hmm. and the alumni from the school come back. They come home, as it were, and there's a big dance. (laughs) Yes. Is that right? (laughs) No, that was pretty good. Now, I don't know about you, Hannah. Um, Did you ever attend any of your homecomings? So we had football games for homecoming and we would have a parade and we had a homecoming king and queen but we did not have a dance i don't okay. think the dance was as popularly attended so then they just didn't have the dance after a couple of years so gotcha. i went to the yeah. games because i was a part of the parade like i said with or like i said i was involved in theater and so we would be, have a float but i did not go to the dance because we didn't have one what i find interesting about these teen shows is that some elements of high school they always make seem just like way crazier than they actually were like the high school parties were nowhere near like they are in tv shows at least in my life but the part in my life that was a lot more like risque i guess were the homecoming dances and they in tv shows they always make the homecoming dances to seem more more glamorous like a spring fling and then you've got the homecoming dance and there's all these beautiful decorations and it's everyone's all dressed up and maybe there are adults there there were never any adults ours were in the cafeteria or the gym they moved them to the gym when they found when they found out that people were like getting it on on the dance floor and so they needed to enforce a no grinding rule and had people like walk around the gym which was a bigger room so there was more space our cafeteria is way bigger than the gym 
our cafeteria is bigger, but it was split into two sections, like an up high section and a down low section. Uh, not like not like in High School Musical. That would have been crazy. I mean, like the up high section was Wait, like two steps. I actually up. know someone who went to the high school where High School Musical <gasps> was filmed. Wow. Oh, cool. That is cool. I feel like we brought this up before. I don't know. I Maybe just remembered. Not. Her name was Jessica. Jessica. Oh, nice. Shout we out lived together Jessica. for a summer. Shout out Jessica. Shout out Jessica. I don't but... remember her last name. <laughs> well, that's okay. We don't say last names. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, on you know, on in this episode, the homecoming dance is also like a alumni welcome back kind of thing. And they have alumni come to the dance. That's not something I ever experienced in my life, but maybe. Because some why don't. would the alumni want to go to a high school dance? Well, if the high school dances look like this, it looks like much more, I don't know, innocent. Ours were like, you know, in Greece, how it kind of is a little more like risque at the dances. That was kind of like what I I think that may have been the main reason why ours was canceled is that it was so risque and people weren't attending. But it wasn't like prom. Like prom was much classier. I think that some of the parents were there for chaperoning because they have students who are still there. So it seemed like that was the majority of the parents. I didn't really notice too many other parents like just hanging out or too many other alumni. Fred and Mary and Hermione were just like there for fun. Because it's homecoming and Mary came home. (sighs) Yeah. Anyway, so this is happening. This is going on. Also, fun fact, I looked up the Baxter High Ravens, which they mention as being the arch rivals of the Riverdale Bulldogs. Yeah, Bulldogs. Bulldogs. The Baxter High is supposed to be a school in Greendale. Uh, As far as I can tell, it is in the Archie comics. and Greendale, the setting of Sabrina. Yes. So in the show Sabrina does she go to Baxter High? She does. Yes. Okay. Well there you go. So this is in universe. It is not something created by the show. So that's always fun when they do things like that. So this episode is kind of split up into a few chunks. There's kind of a murder investigation going on and also the dance and we get a little bit more from Polly and Cheryl who if anyone doesn't remember since it's been a little while Polly is staying with the Blossoms to investigate Jason's murder because she thinks that they might have had something to do with it and so she's looking for some kind of proof. And uh, first thing I noticed is, did anyone else notice what is written on the gates of Thornhill? I did not. So there is a Latin phrase written on the gates. I like to pause the show and check out some of this stuff. And if anyone wants to look it up, I am not going to be able to pronounce what is written on there, but it is Latin for the phrase roots run deep, which I think is pretty apt for Thornhill, except, you know, especially with these shows being like, oh, we're a blossom. You're a blossom through and through. And it's so important to not betray the family and stuff, except for the fact that Jason totally did leave the family. So well, and how did that work out for him? Ah, great. Yeah. So keep those those roots running deep. So Polly is snooping around and she sees that Clifford Blossom is in fact wearing a wig, which we noted was kind of foreshadowed in the previous episode or at least mentioned by- Alice? I think it was Alice mentioning, yeah, that Clifford was a wig wearing demon or something. I don't know. Something about that. Um, (laughs) And, but not only does he wear a wig, he has like a whole freaking wig room. Why does he need 75 of the same wig? Like I get wanting to have like a backup in case something happens to yours but like no human needs that many of the same bad wig is his wig better or worse than betty's better worse i think it's better because it's harder to tell that he's well 
It, it it's the thing is is you just like put yourself in the mindset of like oh he just like it's the hair's just dyed in a natural color it's not a wig but no so it's and he also wears a hat which i think helps make it look less bad but i think it's a worse wig empirically we are going to instead of probably doing an off topic episode let's go ahead and do this now we're gonna start updating our riverdale wigs list here and Right now, we've got two wigs on this list. Which one do you think is better? The Clifford Blossom wig or the Betty Cooper wig? I think it's the Betty wig. You think that one's better? They're both bad. I think Clifford's isn't as bad. No, Clifford's just you get fooled into thinking it's not as bad because he wears a hat. Yeah, but at least when he has a hat on, it looks somewhat natural. I mean, Betty's is not just unflattering. It's also just not a great wig to begin with. I mean, I still think it is better than Clifford's. I'm sorry. Mm, we might have to but go to Clifford a vote. Also Hannah, what do you vote? has more wigs, so he has better quality. I think Clifford's wig is just going to be like top down, better quality, and it's better. It's, it's uglier though. Betty's I don't party think city so. Wig. It's still I, uglier. When they brought up the fact that he was wearing a wig, I was like, "Wait, what? He's wearing a wig? I didn't know." Yeah, because yes. you've only seen him three times, and he's got a hat on. Well, also it's in not the first because episode, it's a good wig. It's a horrible wig. It's way worse. Also, in the first episode, he's not wearing a wig. He just has dyed hair. So oh. I think they switched to the wig thing later. But I'm going to agree with Hannah. So, so far, uh, the Clifford wig is better than the Betty wig. Y'all are so wrong. This is going to be a, a spot of contention every and time guess this what? Here's list the is thing. brought up. No, but here's the thing. You guys complain about Betty's wig being so ugly. It's not that bad. I, it's not that bad. It is. It's well, that bad. No, Lily it's She also yeah. complains about it, so I'm with her. Yeah, I stand with Lily Reinhardt. It's also, not that bad. Also, her movie Hustlers has a trailer that just came out, so. It looks like she's barely in it, though. So I'm kind of sad. I think that she will probably be a little bit more in it, but she's definitely not a main character. Yeah. But she's in it. Um, okay, so she sees the wig, and apparently it's like off limits to go look at the whatever East Wing, West Wing, some wing. It's probably the same one that's in uh, Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. Beast. One I, of those it, wings yeah, that you're not the, supposed to go to. The West Wing is yeah, from Beauty and the Beast. It's forbidden. Ah, the West well. Wing's also from the White House. Yeah, I was gonna say. Mm. (laughs) and so cheryl has decided that she is i don't know i guess she's friends with polly now it's a little confusing because last episode she x'd polly off her list or two episodes ago she crossed her face out on a picture and it was great yeah but now she's friends with her again i guess and she wants to be her date for homecoming and it's kind of cute she she wants her to be the date because she wants to run for co-queens together because polly and jason were supposed to have been homecoming coming king and queen i guess i'm okay but polly doesn't go there anymore so is she allowed to be a queen that's a good point who knows who knows no one knows didn't she go to school briefly a couple episodes ago and like walk down the hall in cheerleaders uniform i feel like that happened now it's probably like a throwback or something I don't know. I don't know. Uh, oh, d- that was probably like the walkthrough of Jason and Polly's uh, relationship. Yeah, might have been. But she's going to go and they're all happy about this. Uh, in the scene where Cheryl makes this announcement, she also calls Betty Knife Mare Smurfette, which is kind of nice. What? I, I it's enjoyed nice. that one. Oh, it's a I good comeback. Like, I love, it's not a nice yeah, it's a comeback. I just love, like, <laughs> Cheryl always just walks up and anytime Betty says something, she's always just, like, calling her, like, Mrs. Hobo or, like, Nightmare, Nightmare Smurfette or she, she just, I love her little, her little things. Uh, it's, it's okay. 
I think that I like the fact that she is just so rude all the time and Betty just doesn't even like kind of like okay I'm rolling with it I guess I'm a smurfette now sounds yeah, good yeah Betty doesn't acknowledge it really yeah um so Be- uh, Polly has also apparently been getting a daily milkshake which not only like looks disgusting because I'm just imagining having to go to Pops get a milkshake and bring it back like it's not going to be cold these milkshakes are like <sighs> they remind me of Chick-fil-a milkshakes they're they're like too creamy or something maybe um, it's the fact that it's in like the little to-go plastic container it's also like in my life I would love a daily milkshake but not like this but why is this like it's like a rule you gotta drink your daily milkshake like she should probably be getting some other kind of nutrients besides just that I'm like pretty sure aren't you supposed to not go for like too much sugar when you're pregnant because you have like a high risk of developing um like diabetes during the like what's that called the type of diabetes that you get to thank you gestational diabetes yeah i don't know it it seems like something that should not be happening it's also a little creepy and i think the first time i watched this i immediately thought oh well those are definitely going to be poisoned or something at some point i also just like i would like a scene of polly seeing a doctor yeah, that would be nice. Like, is she taking her prenatals? We don't know. Has she had an ultrasound? We don't know. I mean, she no, had she Nana did. Blossom walk up to her and be like, you got twins coming because right. my crystal said so. And but that's the, the same the, as seeing a doctor. The next episode, they did have the ultrasound and confirm it was twins. You're right. So she probably did go to doctor, but we don't know what kind of doctor she went to. This is also the first we've seen of Polly in a couple of episodes. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we saw her briefly in the one where Archie was hanging out with Cheryl all the time, but... Uh, my favorite episode, episode, I don't know. Nine? Something about eh. the Blossoms. <laughs> I don't remember what episode that was. It, it's it's fine. Polly and Cheryl are getting ready to go to the dance, and they're snooping through her parents' room on the pretense of finding some old jewelry to wear. And Cheryl talks about how she has she likes silver foxes, but can't because her dad has red hair. I don't know. It was like, what? oh, I like a silver fox, but we live and die by our red curls, so my dad has to wear a wig. Yeah, there's talking about the wig and she's basically like yeah he tried dyeing it but it didn't stick so now he wears wigs ah so they covered up the dye in the first episode yeah so they care about covering up that plot hole (laughs) (laughs) yes that's an important thing to cover up not any other plot wigs in the mass of like what a day (laughs) it was like one day the dye wasn't working so he just ordered a hundred (laughs) wigs Makes of sense. The same one. Like, room. why not test it out and be like, yeah, I like this one. Yeah, I don't know. Go he big or go home. He probably got a really good deal off some kind of website. <laughs> I don't think the Blossoms care about a deal. They might. You know, they're business people. Then they find Nana Blossom's ring and Polly kind of freaks out and she gets a little creepy. Polly's also kind of creepy when she's just like, give that to me. Jason had that and he would never have given it up. Not over his dead body and all that. And it's like, and oh my God. And he does have a dead body. <laughs> yeah. And Cheryl calls out... <laughs> And Cheryl calls out again. She's like, you're carrying precious cargo, but that do not think for a second that that guarantees your safety. It's like, wow, okay, you just like totally threatened my life, but all right. I don't know. I just feel like Polly needs to get these babies away from the blossoms. Yeah. Polly did tell Betty that, you know, if she didn't find anything by homecoming, she would come home. So we're getting really close to the point where- Yes. That was a good point out though. But Uh we're getting really close to the point where Polly's going to have to give it up. So we finally see some- of snooping action and then she has the the you know wits and not i don't know if it's actually wits but she she goes and talks to penelope about the ring and tries to get the backstory which i don't know why you would start believing what the blossoms are telling you now and penelope says that jason threw the ring at clifford when he was washing his hands of the family 
So what are, what are our thoughts on this? It just doesn't seem real. I mean, I think that it seemed like Penelope believed that story. I don't know if that's real, but I think that she thinks it's real at the well, very least. Well, she's a nut. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It seems, she seems really sad about the whole deal with Jason both dying and also leaving the family. So I believe her. I think it's possible. While this happens, she also then gives Polly a milkshake and Polly passes out, I guess. There's some sort of relaxer in the milkshake that That makes her- That is safe for pregnant women. Yeah, I guess. Oh, it's fine. It won't affect the babies, but she's gonna sleep. So she's asleep and Cheryl tells her parents that she threw the ring down the drain. Now, by the end of the episode, we find out that Cheryl did not actually throw the ring down the drain. So I think, and that's a, that's something else that you got to note with shows is if in a show or a movie, someone says they did something, but you don't actually see them do it, assume they probably didn't do it. Well, they showed her throwing it down a toilet. No, they showed her standing near a toilet holding the ring. They never actually show her throwing it in there and flushing. Yeah, no, if you don't see them flush. If you don't see them flush or you don't happen. see a head. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Right. These are the rules of Riverdale. (laughs) These definitely are. And all shows. So that's pretty much it for this. There's also a moment where Clifford is talking about how Jason did not have the stomach for the business. And he says that he should have been sort of grooming Cheryl because she's a blossom through and through. And she is probably more right to take over. So yay that they're kind of trusting Cheryl now. Even though two episodes ago, the whole thing was like, we need to get her hooked up with Archie because we don't trust her enough yeah, this to run the business. out of nowhere and I don't trust it. Yeah, I had the same feeling that it does not seem trustworthy from what Clifford is saying and it, do- and it and it makes you wonder like what the motives are behind saying something like this. Maybe just because Cheryl has started to do something that seemingly is good for the Blossoms. She, he wants to promote that behavior but Cheryl's also kind of reckless yeah. and they know that. I think it's partially that and I also think that it has to do with sort of telling Cheryl you know, Jason deserted the family and things didn't end up well for him. You're definitely a part of the family. Stay on our side. Oh, not exactly like blackmailing, but you know, hinting at that, I think, in some ways. Absolutely. All right. So like I said at the beginning, this episode also included some more into the murder investigation as there usually is. But it's murder investigation mostly fueled by the fact that Veronica really thinks her dad probably killed Jason. She thinks he has motive and she's kind of freaking out because he is getting good signs from his lawyers that he might be let out soon. They say that he is given time served and could be home in a few months and she's nervous about what type of person they're letting back in her lives. And I understand understand that she's worried about him being a murderer but at the very least you know that he's a criminal like you should still be worried about that well and the other thing too is um Hermione makes a comment about how he's going to serve time served so just a couple more months that is not what time served means time served means you are getting out because you're serving the time that you have already served it just would like to point out the factual inaccuracy there Yeah, I don't know if we can really trust Riverdale for being super factual when it comes to law stuff. Again, this is before Kirsten joined the writing, so we have to be a little bit forgiving here. I just, Uh the other thing too is like, you just, you can't give me too much credit for the writing because like, I'm just one of many and like, I can't always get my way. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I think that we are expecting good things from season four with you on the team. Are you still on the team? Uh, no, I've actually been let go. Oh, great. Well, never mind then. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely no qualifications to write TV. And we're like, uh, even though no one else here has those qualifications. 
You okay. still gotta go. Yep. Well, Kirsten McKinnis will have writing credits from just season three and nothing yeah, else. Yeah, just what you want. Credit what on season three. What we will all remember three. as being the best season of Riverdale. Well, I mean, I remember it fondly because it's when we started podcasting together. Good point. Good point. <laughs> it was. So, along with thinking that her dad might be behind this, Veronica is suspicious of F.P. Jones because he has done some work for Hiram before, trashing the drive-in, and he might have been the kind of person Hiram would have hired from jail to kill Jason Blossom. The idea that you can equate trashing a building, like loitering in graffiti with murder is insane to me. They're exactly the same. What are you talking about? But this Don't is... you know, oh, all graffiti is just a gateway to murder. Oh, graffiti is the gateway crime. Got it. Huh. This is also a completely yeah. rational teenager that we're talking about, just to bring some levelness back to it. But, you know, oh, yeah, she's Veronica's mainly working with Alice, which is what's interesting because you would think Alice... I guess because she has that investigator or journalistic instincts, she wants to really go in on FP, but it seems like she also doesn't really have a true reason other than just cracking this case wide open. Yeah, I think I think Alice is suspicious of FP mostly because she saw him talking to Joaquin, who is dating Sheriff Keller's son, and she thinks that there's some sort of connection there that seems a little sketchy and out of the ordinary. So I think that's part of it. Uh, another reason why Veronica gets suspicious of FP is because in the beginning of the episode, we see that FP has sort of turned his act around. He stopped drinking, he shaved, he cleaned up the trailer, and it's great. And Jughead is super happy. And another thing that FP did was asked to read Jughead's manuscript, which is all about the investigation and the story of Jason Blossom. Now, FP's kind of like, oh, it's really good, but like you need to let it go eventually because you don't want to, you know, have your whole this be the only thing you write and whatever. And he, he asks him why out of all things to write about he picked Jason Blossom which I thought was a weird question it's like um because we live in a small town where nothing has ever happened except this one terrible murder like obviously that's the thing I'm gonna write about you know it's definitely he's there. dark and he's different from people okay yeah yeah uh I think that we need a scene with um Clifford Blossom putting on his wigs and when people ask him why he has so many wigs and why he wears them he should say uh I'm weird I'm a weirdo do you ever see me without this wig on that's weird that is weird you're absolutely right um but yeah so this scene is obviously here to make us a little suspicious of fp and to see that maybe maybe he's just proud of jughead and interested in what he's writing but he is asking some pointed questions such as you know directly who do you think is the murderer am i in your book is it me basically yeah it was a very odd way to have the conversation Yeah, but Jughead says he doesn't really care who killed Jason. I feel like he should care, but he says it's more about just trying to figure out if Riverdale is a place of good or a place of evil and darkness. Because it's, you know, black or white. There's no such thing as a middle ground. Right. One person comes to a town and kills someone. That town is now evil. Can't be good anymore. So anyway. So Alice is talking with Betty and trying to get her to investigate FP and Jughead with her. But Betty's like, yeah, mom, uh, he's my boyfriend. And I already point blank was there when he asked his dad if he was the murderer and he said no and so I support Jughead and I believe this and case closed which is a little bit naive but also like you know stand up for your man I guess it's her first boyfriend okay she's allowed to be naive 
Yeah, I guess. But Veronica's there, and Veronica is like, yeah, I am totally happy investigating FP with you, so let's definitely do that. Which is a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit of maybe maybe kind of backstabbing your friend. Yeah, maybe a little bit. it doesn't seem like it's a really good idea to start off with just going behind your best friend to work with her mom, who you should know that they don't have a good relationship with. So we'll see how this gets Veronica. Yeah, especially because Veronica is already hiding stuff from Betty, such as her makeout sesh with Archie. To be fair, Jughead is also hiding this from Veronica or from Betty, but whatever. Guess that's fine. Guess it's not crucial information. I mean, I guess not, but at the same time, would be nice if they would communicate better. Well, wouldn't we love that communication? Alice also is <laughs> has a weird moment where she's talking to Betty and Veronica and she's like, okay, so we've decided that everyone, including the pussycats, are suspects. Why the pussycats? Why, why bring them up? Like, what does that have to do with anything? I, yeah, I don't even actually remember this happening. Yeah, she says this right at the same time when she's talking about wanting to investigate FP, but I find it interesting that she has, for some reason, included the pussycats among her suspects list. Well, Alice has had a lot of time since the last episode that when they tried to do stuff in the blue and gold, Betty uh, overthrew that for preparing for Jughead's surprise party. So she just had a lot of time to herself to figure out different ideas of what's going on with this murder investigation because no one else in the town seems really worried about the murder investigation. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just one murder. It's not like it's a serial killer. (laughs) Right, wouldn't it be crazy if Riverdale was about serial killers instead? Like, if this was, like, every episode someone was getting murdered? I kind of wish that's what was happening. Yeah, me too. Sounds like a great idea for a future season. Maybe they'll take it for season four. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe they will. So, Veronica agrees to sing with Archie at the homecoming dance because she's basically using that as a way to get him to help her investigate FP. Not sure why she needs Archie to help her. She could just do this on her own, but whatever. Because she just is, like, she wants to look up into his eyes and be like, Archie, can you help me with this? Archie Kins? Yeah. Uh, look up through those long lashes. So they agree to search FP's trailer while Alice is going to distract FP by some way. And we find out that FP is going to get distracted because he and Jughead are invited over for dinner before the homecoming dance. Right. So during this dinner, Archie and Veronica are going to go search the trailer and they do not find anything. But Veronica's kind of freaking out again, seems like she just really wants to find something so that she can just know for sure and Archie's like yeah it's fine it's a win for the home team because we didn't find anything and that's okay and let's move on and let's make out real quick and okay let's get to the dance so nothing nothing really happens more with them until later on during the dance the cops do come to the trailer and they find a gun in a box so intrigued but they know that that gun wasn't there so there's a very short window when someone could have put that gun in there. Yes. So let's get to the last part of the episode, which was this homecoming dance. Another interesting thing is at the end of the last episode, we had Mary Andrews come home. Molly Ringwald, if anyone doesn't know. Molly Ringwald? I don't know her. What Has she been in anything? No. I mean, she's a really unknown actress. Um, couldn't really find any credits for her. So we're just going to call her Mary Andrews. Not important who she is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Her character know her. name. Yeah. Never heard of her before. Um, however, I can't just say Mary because that confuses me. So we're going to go with Mary Andrews. Mary M A Ma Ma. Okay. Also the so first Ma. syllable of Molly. <laughs> so it uh-huh. works. Whoa. Yeah, it does. Archie's Ma, Mary Andrews, <laughs> oh comes in. 
And um, Archie's like, hey, you should come watch me sing at the dance. This is just great. For the first part of the episode, Archie's like, yeah, telling people I'm going to sing, asking Veronica to sing with him. And then halfway through the episode, he talks to Betty and he's like, hey, so can I sing at the dance? Stop telling people that you have the gig when you don't have a gig. And Betty's like, ah. I don't know if we want your particular like brand of music at the dance. Uh, and Archie's like, "What do you What do you mean?" And then I think it's Kevin who's like, uh, "It's really depressing." <laughs> yeah. I think the direct line Kevin is brought your the music. Your music is great, but it kind of makes us want to slit our wrists. Yeah. So that's really nice and touching for Archie. We wouldn't know this because we haven't heard like any of his songs. But the ones we have heard uh, about reckoning and beckoning and trying, not good and trying. <laughs> They're not great. They're definitely not like things you can dance to. It's like the thing too when Mary Andrews is like, so you've been performing music and he's like songwriting and performing. Like I'm a serious songwriter mom. And it's like, (laughs) no, you're not. And why can't he just pull out his guitar and like play his mama tune? Why do they have to have like a gig where he's not even going to play his own music? So guess what, Archie? You are just singing. You're just singing at the dance. But he's written songs, okay? He's a songwriter, a very serious musician. Whatever. So Mary Andrews is very supportive of him and everything. Now Archie talks to Veronica about their slumber party that they had the other night and she says they should just forget it for Betty's sake. And he's like, yeah, but I don't regret it. And she's like, yeah, but I don't have bandwidth for a boyfriend. I kind of love that idea of that I could just tell someone like, oh, maybe ask again in a couple months because I don't have the bandwidth right now. For, I love that. For romantic relationships. It's like there's a line in Twilight in the book where Bella talks about having used up her quota of patience for the day and I love that idea of just like you know someone talks to you in the morning and they're like oh hey can we talk for a second yeah yeah sure no problem but if they call you at night and she's like no stop I've used up my quota of patience the thing is is it's like I feel like my quota of patience is used up by about 9 15 every morning so I just have to fight through it I don't get to tell people sorry I don't have any patience (laughs) I love that love that concept great minds think alike the writers of Riverdale and Stephanie Meyer. Archie asks her to sing a duet and and she's like, yeah, probably not. But about two hours later, she says, oh yeah, I'm singing with Archie. And he's all excited. So that's great. Just because she wants a favor though. Yeah, basically. So she's kind of just using him, but I think he's okay with that. Everyone knows that his music is the way to get through to him. Right. Yeah. It's the most important thing to Archie Andrews. Remember when he used to be a football player? That stuff Wait, does Archie play football? I haven't (laughs) seen him in his Letterman jacket. He stopped playing football so that he could uh, focus on his music career. Remember, that's why he's not the coach. Or but, captain, captain, I captain. thought he was still being on the team. He Yeah, no, I think he's on the, t- he's probably on like the bench. They're like, uh, yeah, you haven't been to practice in six years, so you could stay on the bench. I think it's the yeah. same way that Betty and Veronica are still on the riverbanks and, and apparently now Veronica leads them too. So there's hey, that. Hey, yeah. a wicked dance off last episode. Yeah. So they're still vixens. Yeah. Yeah. Let's note. let's just track that of how long is Veronica technically the leader of the river vixens and how often she actually does That's anything with them. That's a really good thing to be tracking. <laughs> Let's do it. So Mary has a chat with Hermione. I'm sorry, Ma has a chat with Hermione. <laughs> and it's a little bit tense on Hermione's part because she's talking to Fred's ex-wife, or I guess like separated wife because they're not divorced yet. And she knows that she's banged Fred, but Mary may or may not know that. But Mary is super chill about it. And she's just like, oh, awesome. You should come to the dance with us. Yeah, they, and like, your they cool were at kid. the point of signing divorce papers it's not like mary's gonna be like yo uh i'm in love with you 
Yeah, but I, I really love, this is, I guess, going to sound weird, but I love Mary Andrews and Fred Andrews' relationship to where they're not together, but they're, like, they're still really good friends, and they're yeah, super it's civil amicable. about it. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's not, I feel like when people say, like, oh, an amicable divorce, it's like, oh, it's not, like, angry all the time or whatever, but they're, they're like, actually seem like they like each other, and they're close people. They just, you know, she wants to live in Chicago and have her best life and not live in the horrible, horrible town of Riverdale, <laughs> where, where it's great fun all the time. Um, but... Big Big fun, uh, we also you could get, say. Yeah, big fun. No! We also get a nice line here where Hermione admits to having been a mean girl in high school and it's karmic payback that is why Hiram is in jail right now. So Ooh. That's exactly how karma works. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, if you're I, mean, like your this. husband's gonna get in jail. So watch out, yeah. mean girls. It's Yeah, the concept of karma is certainly not a lifelong thing. It's definitely, it happens within your lifetime. Yeah, we, we find out later that it seems more that, like, Alice was a mean girl in high school and that she's the one because uh, when she's trying to sort of goad Mary into being jealous about Fred and Hermione, but Mary is just, like all Marys, just the way bigger yeah. person. And it's just awesome. is Oh, just yeah, like all Marys. Gal. Like Cer- all Marys. Certainly. Mm-hmm. She's perfect. Jughead is really adorable when he finds out that he has been invited to go to dinner at the Cooper family household and uh, is is like, yeah, I'm so excited for our families to like meet and hang out and it's going to be really good, you know, for our relationship, which is cute. But also I feel like, isn't it supposed to be a thing where like the boyfriends are nervous about their families having dinner, like having dinner at the family's house? I don't know. Yeah, but just stereotype. He's also already had breakfast with Alice and I think he's also also just more excited for the food than he is for the company. Probably. I mean, I heard there's going to be peach pie. <laughs> Nothing like a peach pie. <laughs> Nothing like a peach pie. Um, and so Betty thinks that this is really cute. She kind of lies and pretends like she knew that this was happening. And then she confronts her mom and is like, yeah, I see what you're doing. You're just trying to get them here to call them out uh, or, you know, call FP out about being a murderer. And that's partially true. They're also there so that Veronica and Archie can go snoop at the house while this is happening. But she got it partially right. Yeah, but I also, like, I just find it weird that she didn't warn Jughead. (sighs) Yeah, Yeah. the reasoning they give on the show is that she, is that Alice says, you know, you don't want to warn him because he was so excited, which I get, but, like, it's either going to come, I mean, it's, it's going to be bad anyway when you get to dinner and you're being questioned, so you probably would want a heads up. Yeah, it's. it's I, I think that the heads up was the right move here. Yeah, I think so. But then but we don't get happen. as much drama. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of drama. <laughs> Not really. So Archie likes seeing his parents together. They're all happy. They're ordering Chinese food or something. And Jughead and Archie wonder if his parents will be rekindling things. Archie says it would have been a little Archie's pipe dream for his parents to get together. I'm sorry. Didn't his mom leave like two years ago? You mean a little? Like, it's not like your parents have been divorced since you were like two. Don't forget that at the start of the school year, start of season one, they were like, oh my God, Archie, you really hit puberty over the summer. So he was little Archie not that long ago. Okay. (laughs) Fair point, sure. But anyway, so eighth grade Archie would have loved for his parents to get back together. Yeah, so isn't two years ago eighth grade? Oh, gotcha. Eighth grade. Sophomore's 10th. Yep. So Jughead then tells Archie about his dad reading his novel and, you know, being a cool, good guy again. And he may want to go back and live with him. And then Archie leaves to go get some almond milk. And Jughead's like, oh, it's okay. You're going to go, you know, hook up with Veronica. And it's a great moment. Mm, Yeah. 
little bit. But he does go to Veronica and inform her that Archie is now fully on board with investigating Jughead's dad. So that's when that happens. Uh, shall we get to the Cooper Jones family dinner? Oh, we, we shall. shall. I don't know. I love the costuming that they have here. Both both Betty and Alice are sort of giving off a silvery kind of vibe, which is cute. And Jughead's hair is nice and swooshed under his beanie, and it looks a little more tidied up. Um, FP, looking good as always. A true river zaddy. Yes. I love FP so much. I don't know if that's... Jughead is so cute. I think I think he cleans up nicely and his cuteness about having his first girlfriend is just really cute. I just I love Forsyth Pendleton Jones and Forsyth Pendleton Jones Jr. Wait, mm-hmm. is he actually? That, yes, that's well, Jughead's it's, real name. It's Forsyth Pendleton Jones Jr. and Forsyth Pendleton Jones the third. But oh, yes. is it the third? Whatever. Yeah, same difference. Yeah. So wait, do we know where Jughead came from? What do you mean? Do we know where Jughead like where came? the nickname came from? Oh no. <laughs> I don't, we don't know. <laughs> no idea. It's interesting because it seems like Jelly Bean was is more of like a cute nickname that right. she got when she was a kid. But Jughead seems more like a nickname that like a bully gave him or something. Yeah. And then it just stuck and that's his real name now. Yeah, I can't imagine. Like, I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like on the announcements, they say Jughead Jones. Yeah. I don't think they say Forsyth yeah. Pendleton Jones the third, but I could be wrong. Even, Small town, even everyone when he got arrested, he was like, Jughead, <laughs> we're here to arrest. You. I mean, so there Wait, was a I kid. thought that was in the future. No, no, Jughead got arrested okay, never previously. Mind. So when he got, ar- I was like, I can't remember what or anything happened. In. So when he got arrested, and they're like, "Why did you get like made fun of or beat up or whatever?" He's like, "My name's Jughead," and it's like, "Well, your name's actually not Jughead, but also like Forsyth Pendleton." I-, I assume you'd also get made fun of for that. Yeah. So there was a kid in my high school who his name was Kyle, but he went by Milo, which was just like a nickname he had given himself, as far as I could tell. But like teachers and stuff called him Milo as well. To be fair, that's a little bit better of a name than Jughead. Milo is definitely... actually a name. Jughead is an insult. Yeah. Yes. But it like it was just a self-given nickname that he had that people called him. So it wasn't like it was his middle name, wasn't an official name on any kind of document. Uh, anyway. Mm. Yeah, it's people a little are weird. Odd. I always yeah, thought it was weird when people would have a shortening of their middle name and that's the name that they went by. It's like, wait, you have a first name and you have a middle name, but you're going by a shortened version of your middle name? It's like, why did your parents give you your first name then? Wait, no, okay, but I love that because that means I can start going by L because my middle name's Ellen. I, I, look, I think go by whatever, you know, name you want to and whatever, but what bothers me is when parents will name, will name their kid knowing that they're going to call them by their middle name. If you know you're going to call your kid by the middle name, make it their first name just because it's such a headache throughout their whole life to have to constantly be correcting people that they don't go by whatever their first name is, they go by their middle name. And I can understand like, oh, you want to name them something for their first name because it's symbolic or it's named after someone. That's what middle names are for. Sometimes they it sounds better as the middle name, but it's like then choose a different middle name because if that's what you're going to call them, that's what you're going to call them. I guess. I mean, my brother, for example, like his name is David, but he when he started high school or middle school or something decided to go by Dave and he wanted to have everyone call him Dave and he will get upset sometimes when like my mom or me will call him David and we're like dude but that's that's your name like I get that you want people to call you Dave but like you know this is your given name so that's what we're gonna name you and I I think that's fine I think it's fine that he wants to be go go by Dave and I think it's fine that he wants his friends to and stuff but like your person who named you your mom is probably still gonna want to call you the name they gave you I don't know 
You're anyway. right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Anyway, at this dinner, it pretty quickly escalates to where Alice is asking some very pointed questions to FP, hinting at the fact that he's a serpent and that has maybe done some sketchy work in the past and whether or not he's ever done any work with Hiram and kind of leading in that direction. And Betty has a nice little surprise for Alice, which is that Hal Cooper is at the door and she had invited him over. Yeah, she's like feeling very petty. <sighs> yeah, I think it's like to break the tension a little bit and kind of like, oh, oh, my mom is feeling comfortable enough here to ask, you know, FP some questions. I'm going to bring my dad in because I know my mom won't feel comfortable anymore. So mm. there's a little bit of that. It definitely made more tension though. Yeah. Yeah, it made more tension, but it made like Alice more tense, which is I think the goal. I liked how mm-hmm. Hal comes in and then he's like, oh, you told me she wanted me here. Like yeah. <laughs> Betty really oh, like using her parents as uh, chess pieces. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's a parent trap, I guess. And then FP tells a quote unquote fun story of Alice and Hal at their own homecoming. He's like, oh, don't worry. It's going to be a fun story. I promise. The fun story is him and F or him and Fred were setting up their band music or whatever for their own homecoming that they were going to play. You know, the Fred heads. They overhear some yelling going on among the king and queen, which is Alice and Hal, and they're having some kind of some fight. And FP sort of stops and is like, oh, they were fighting about I don't know what. Did you think that that meant like that FP did did know what they were fighting about. It seemed like he kind of and maybe thought didn't better of it and rem- didn't say anything. Yeah, I think maybe he would, didn't remember what they were fighting about when he started telling the story. And then as yeah. he was telling it, he kind of like put himself back in that spot and was like, oh, I should not have done this. <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't finish the story, but it definitely, you know, he kind of just sort of snaps it. Allison is like, look, it's fine. You want to ask me questions? That's okay. But don't jerk me around in front of my son. And Betty's like, yeah, and we're going to skip the peach pie and go. So see you later. See you never, mom. Yeah, like, bye. We're going to the dance. Jagged was kind of pissed, though, that he didn't get that pie. I'm sure. I'm sure he was. I mean, I'm sure Betty can bring him a slice tomorrow. Maybe. So they get to the dance, and uh, I think it's cute that everyone obviously has clear umbrellas, just like as a choice made by the production department that it would be easier to film people if they had clear umbrellas. I also, I really like the clear umbrellas. I think they look good. I, I like clear umbrellas, too. too. But I've never had one myself. Yeah, I've never had one, but I want one. I had a cheetah print umbrella until about two weeks ago when I finally bought an actual not cheetah print umbrella. Um, That's okay. So I have like a gray and black like leopard print umbrella that I just bought like at a random store this summer because I needed one in the moment. But my main umbrella is bright green with hot dogs on it and the hot dogs say so hot and yo dog. And I legitimately carry this umbrella around because <laughs> no one's going to steal it. Kirsten McKinnis, everybody. I'm just a girl with a hot dog umbrella. <laughs> I was going to say the leopard print is actually pretty helpful because a lot of people just have black umbrellas. So then you always know which one's yours. Yeah. And let me tell you, green with hot dogs, even better. <laughs> oh my gosh. And hey, I bought it for $15 like seven years ago almost. So it's but a was great it 15 umbrella. Canadian dollars? 15 Canadian dollars. <laughs> so like 10 American dollars. I think it's more like 12 American dollars, but uh, d- it's at the fine. time it probably wasn't. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so there is a moment where FP is talking with Jughead. Jughead's like, yeah, you know, dad, you're awesome. And maybe I'll move home to hang out with you. And FP's like, I'll do you one better. Pack your stuff. We're going to Toledo. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm. Uh, you just heard him talking about how much he's glad he's dating Betty. So, and also, you told him not to give up on Betty. Yeah, I think guess we have some smarts going on though because he wants to get out of Riverdale. And I also enjoyed that out of this conversation, we know the answer to what the Jones men do. They get chewed up. 
You're right. So the Andrews men try and the Jones men get chewed up. Yep. I don't like that. <laughs> well, that's it came from FP's mouth, so I don't yes. I don't like it. Yeah. So Jughead looks longingly at Betty and is like, Oh, well, to be continued. And then Fred and Mary and Hermione arrive, the little tree triad. Tree treesome? Tre- what is this? What are, not a, a, a treesome. A, a threesome. A, a thruple. A thruple. Yeah, Just so kidding, they show up. not a thruple. No, but it's cute. And we hear Hermione say, It's not the Met Ball. Uh, we know. Why why does every dance do we have to announce that yeah, we get it, Lodge Woman, you've been to the Met Ball, or I guess you mean Met gala i don't know yeah it's not the met gala i heard this comment i was like veronica you already said this and i was like oh wait it's her mom yeah also guess what i don't believe they've been to the met gala yeah i mean the actors have now have they yeah they have this now. year they the okay. well lily lily and cole went last year but then madeline and camilla I don't know if Charles did or not. I think Charles went. I'm pretty sure he was Camilla's Well, date. now okay. I want to see what their outfits for the Met Gala were. Camille, they were pretty Camille. cute. Mm. They were pretty cute. I don't know if I'd call it camp, though. Camille Mendes yeah. was like, a basically the whole dress was a giant bow. I'm just, I looked up Lily Reinhardt now. Hers was not as it was not, campy. It was yeah. like a short it blue was dress, cute, long train. But like, not camp. Yeah, it was more just, we're going to go excessive on the train. I thought Cole's was kind of campy. So. Eh. The, the thing is, is like the bar for men is so much lower because half the time they just wear a black suit. Yeah, so mm. I don't know. Camp was, it was fine. <laughs> oh yeah, no, Camilla Mendez, that is not camp. But it's cute. Uh, well, there's there's like, I don't know. I mean, it's a long train, or a big bow. It's, I don't know. No, it's just the bottom of the dress is yellow feathers, it looks like. I don't like. know what camp is. The top is like, just like a low cut, like spaghetti strap V with like a giant blue bow. Like it's, ugh, it's fine. It, the thing with camp is it's like, you can't really describe camp, but you'll know it when you see it. Well, and the other thing about the Met Gala in general is that. It's excessive. The outfits people, well, the outfits people normally wear the Met Gala are already kind of like out there. So they just basically tried to make them even more out there, which is not exactly the same as campy. Yeah, but the theme was camp. Like every year, like the outfits are crazy and they are supposed to fit the theme. And then the theme this year was camp. And people failed at the assignment. I'm just sad that no one showed up like as a tent, like wearing a tent. And that honest, been camp. That's what I Honestly, was looking for. But like the thing is, is like someone like legitimately dressing up as a tent could have been like really good camp. Like Katy Perry and the burger, that's camp. Yes. Ugh. Anyways, sorry. I'm just, I'm still so disappointed in the 2019 Mangala. Okay. I don't care about fashion, so sorry. But we know that this homecoming, it's not the Met Ball. Yeah, it it's not. not. It's not the Met Ball, but it'll do. Which nothing is, because the Met Ball is not a thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe, maybe they just keep saying this, hoping that no one catches them in their light, that they actually like aren't as cool as Wait, they think they are. Wait, does that make it, does that make it a close but no cigar? <gasps> oh. Did we give it a close but no, no. cigar already? I don't For- we did not one, then we might need to we might need to retroactively i think give it we to do one so yeah. i'll note that real quick okay wow i'm so glad that we we were able to talk it through <laughs> very important stuff wow i can't believe we didn't get that before that's kind of upsetting because we talked about how it's not a thing <laughs> so mayor mccoy asks betty if she wants to be an intern i don't know it's like they do that thing where betty's staring off in the distance they're like you hear mayor mccoy mccoy very faintly because betty's not like paying attention there's like a weird subplot throughout this whole episode of betty is in charge of setting up this dance but she doesn't really want to be because she's got better stuff to do but the principal's like too bad you can't delegate because you agreed and then because she set up this dance like mayor mccoy wants to give her an internship i mean okay uh, yeah i don't 
But she doesn't even hear her and then ends the conversation with asking her to take her up on stage, which is like, why? I don't know. And Betty's like, yeah, no, uh, Principal Weatherby, here, you take her up on stage. So I kind of love how Betty just like does not care about the mayor. Betty sees Alice colluding with Veronica and Archie and she gets a little sketched. Archie and Veronica go sing Kids in America. Everyone loves it. It was a real hit. What a bop, you know? It was fine. Kids in America is not my favorite song, but it was was Uh, I don't think you can sing that song, Kirsten. Yeah, you're not a kid or in America. Well, guess what? (laughs) Neither were they at the time of filming. (laughs) Fair point. Fair point. (laughs) All right, Canadians, you have free range. You get to sing this song now. Yeah, I just reclaimed that for us. Good, good job, Kirsten McInnes. There's also a great thing where throughout this whole dance, people keep running up to Kevin asking where like the other members like where you know Jughead asks if you've seen Betty and Betty's like have you seen Archie Veronica and they keep doing this and Kevin's just like y'all need tracking devices (laughs) like stop making me your person um who does this and it's really great um Kevin is so happy to have a boyfriend and he's hanging out. Uh, but then Kevin sees his dad talking to the mayor, the sheriff, and Joaquin just kind of like slips away. Yeah, he's like, oh, unnoticed. I don't want to be present for this. Yeah, I'm a peace out. So Betty is arguing with Archie and Veronica in the hallway and Juddy, Juggy, Jughead, Juggy, Juggy, and Jughead comes out and is like, hey guys, what's up? Why are we all out here in the hallway? I'm just having a good old time by myself. My man Kevin told me you were out here. Love Kevin. He's definitely my favorite friend. And uh, and Betty's like, should you tell them or should I? And they tell him that, uh, hey, we snooped at your dad's trailer, but, you know, we didn't find anything. But they didn't hear the part about we didn't find anything because Jughead's super mad at Betty because he realizes his whole favorite dinner was a lie and she should have told him. And uh, I don't like the fact that he's blaming her more than Archie and Veronica, who legit just snooped in his trailer. They literally broke into his house. They should get more blame yep but instead he blames his girlfriend betty didn't know yeah Yeah. and he throws back at her he's like i was going to like not go to toledo for you and she's like whoa you can't throw i don't even know she's like wait what there was the option that you might go to toledo like like, what (laughs) what is happening and then uh a whole bunch of people come into the hall it's all the parents and they're like hey guess what fp has just been arrested and jughead books it out of there and that's the last we see of him forever goodbye Goodbye. and that's the end of riverdale and actually yeah the show got (laughs) canceled after this yeah it was really sad but anyway so that's not the end the end actually is jughead goes to his trailer and it's all torn up and it's sad and no one's there and he's and he tears it up even more yeah he kicks some things around as you do when you're a angry boy and um betty yells at her mom and says that she loves jughead because her mom is just like oh well fp's in jail so good riddance guess you're done dating jughead she's like yeah what mom that is not how this works jughead's not in prison yeah i love jughead and he's more my family than you are don't push me mom because i will push back and then she leaves to go look for him and her and archie veronica all go to pops Pops. yeah so she gets to pops and archie and veronica are already there waiting yeah and betty is super mad at them she's like i'm never gonna talk to you guys again uh then immediately talks to them because they're like wait a second we searched the trailer and we didn't find anything so it must have been planted there dun 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 Uh, yeah but it's also archie who was looking in that room so i don't know if i really yeah he tries he doesn't succeed yeah so it's questionable and we don't know whether or not it was planted or archie was just really bad at looking and just wanted to get to the dance which is possible or make out with veronica (laughs) veronica and hermione have a little heart to heart where veronica 
because like, hey, so FP just got in prison and if he is the one who killed Jason on dad's orders, then like he's probably going to let that be known and what are we going to do if the truth comes out? And that's what happened. And Hermione's like, we're just going to cut all ties. It'll be fine. There definitely won't be any blowback and we're definitely not somehow going to be still in danger for this. So they have a little Seems a little moment. optimistic to me. A little bit, but they, they clutch hands together. So I think they um might actually be a little worried. Mary Andrews is like, yeah, we should probably get Archie to come to Chicago because this town ain't safe anymore. Which, like... Mm, I mean, no one else got murdered. You just found the murderer, maybe. Yeah, but the person who got murdered looks a lot like Archie. Maybe he's not. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Maybe there is a serial killer in Riverdale. (gasps) I don't think that sounds real. That could never happen. I mean, I don't, at the very least, I don't think FP is going to kill Archie. You Probably. never know. If he was going to, he would have already, I think. It, yeah, it could be a revenge kill. Yeah, could be. And then uh, Penelope Blossom is super upset and she wants FP dead for what he did. And that's the episode. What, Good great episode. What, a, what an episode. Yeah. So uh, the title of this episode, To Riverdale and Back Again, is actually the name of a movie. There is a movie called To Riverdale and Back Again. What? And it's a dog movie. It's a what? It's a dog movie. About what? About a dog named Archie. It's Are you a- serious? Hold on. I feel I like you're making this up. You're making this no, up. hold on. Wait, wait for it. Oh, wait, never mind. There's two different movies. Hold up. Archie. Riverdale. Wait, hold on. I'm, I'm finding two different movies. Wait, 2016? Yeah, there's a movie in 2016 called Archie, but like it's an acronym for Artificial Robotronic Canine Hyperintelligence Experiment. So it's a robot dog. Is it? Is it a TV show or is it a movie? Um, a movie. And it says Archie is a robotic canine who can talk and has super strength and x-ray vision. He escapes in in the hopes that he will find a family to care for him soon his paths connect with the woman and they become fast friends but then there's also archie to riverdale and back again which looks like a it was a 1990 live action made for tv comedy film based on archie comic and it is archie andrews 15 years after graduating high school is a successful lawyer and preparing to marry his fiance pam and move to the big city and Who he re- is pam and he returns to riverdale for his high school reunion and to save pop tate's dying our Archie and company are all now in their early 30s with the trials and tribulations one might expect to have happened to such a group over the years. And uh, yeah, there's like I'm a- I'm sorry, who is Pam? I, well, I don't know Pam. I, I don't know her. But apparently Betty is a grade school teacher and has trouble getting permanent employment and is bossed around by her bad boyfriend who's named Robert. Veronica li- has lived in France since graduation and been married and divorced four times to wealthy men. Whoa. And Jughead's a psychiatrist, also divorced, and is the sole has sole custody of his son jordan kind of sounds a little depressing it sounds like a crappy fan fiction yeah i kind of want to watch it so note actually the archie dog movie the acronym archie it does not actually appear to be called to riverdale and back again when i click further but <laughs> but it's the first result when you look it, it up. is the first result when you search things there is a movie called archie about a dog also so behind that. the scenes mary looked this up very last minute as we were about to hit record and she was like, wait, I have to do something real quick. And then she confused. didn't even do it right. I'm sorry. I got confused. <laughs> it's okay. We got there in the end. So it's a 1990 made-for-TV movie about um, the Riverdale Pam. people 15 years down the road. And Archie apparently doesn't choose Betty or Veronica. He chooses he someone chooses named Pam. Pam. <laughs> it's great. Who's uh, Pam? Who's <laughs> Pam? It's Pam from The Office. It is. It's Pam. He could only wish to be that lucky. Pam Beasley. What's her name? Pam Pillsbury or something? Beasley. No, that's after she. Pam Pillsbury. (laughs) 
Who am I thinking is that? The Pillsbury Doughboy. What? I don't know. Anyway. There's no one named Pam Pillsbury. So that's all for this episode. Uh, Let's go through real quick and pick the cringiest moment. My cringiest moment is when Archie is hitting on Veronica after she's already told him no when they're in the science lab. Yes. That's Um, also mine. He's like walking backwards, like cornering her into the room, trying to make out with uh, her. And she's like, yeah, Archie, I've got like important stuff to talk about. And he's like, all right, what is it? It's like, dude, there is a murder going on here. My cringiest moment is when Mary thought Pam Beasley was named Pam Pillsbury. (laughs) That does not qualify (laughs) as a cringiest moment. So, no, and then she didn't even know what Pillsbury was. (laughs) (laughs) I, um... I know. I agree with I agree with you guys about um, Archie still continuing to flirt. So I just wrote down cringiest part of the episode: Archie trying to make out with Pam in the lab by accident. <laughs> so I want to know who Pam is. <laughs> who the heck is Pam? Also, We're I feel like Archie could be a lawyer. He doesn't even go to school. I know, but we should definitely watch this movie sometime and do an episode about it. Um, I'm down after um, Love Island's over. Sounds good. Maybe we'll do it between season one and two. Sounds great. Anyway, so what about who is the most normal person of the week? Surprise, surprise. Last week we gave it to Archie, but oh, I have dang. a feeling we're not going to give it to him this week. I was going to say Archie. I forgot we gave it to him last week. Why would you say Archie? Okay, he was looking out for Jughead and he was trying to be a good friend. He wasn't and he looking out like, for he Jughead. He acts like a typical teenage but boy. He broke too. into someone's house. That's okay. But it wasn't truly breaking in because they knew where the hideaway key was. Anyways, it's, I no, also it's think, still breaking in. I also think that Kevin could get it because he was pretty I real think, with people. I think it should definitely be Kevin. I think Kevin is the most normal. He's just enjoying having a date to the dance and is annoyed with all of his friends using him as a tracking device. Yeah, I can uh, I can get behind Kevin as the most normal. Kevin Keller, who has not received most normal since episode one, receives it again. For I feel like we fought for him before and you've been like, no, he already got it. Well, it's been a while. <laughs> so... There's not a whole lot of other characters we could give it to. I mean, we could give it to like FP, I guess. I don't know. Was FP normal? Uh, no. Uh, I don't know. How was relatively normal. Yeah, I don't How like him. He was in it for so. two seconds. And he's a terrible person. Okay, and he was normal to... for those two seconds. Not really. Um, was Mary Andrews particularly normal? No, I think we're right with no. Kevin. Yeah, I think it is Kevin Thevin. Don't ever okay. say that again. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't say it right. It should be Kevin Thevin. <laughs> You made, you not only did not listen to me, you said it again and made it worse. <laughs> How dare you? Um, wasn't that his fake Twitter name or the fake like Instagram account? Oh no, that was the Kevinth Wonder. Never mind. That was a thing. What, where did do you have room one. in your brain for these facts? I don't know. Um, it's right on top anymore, of her scrunchie. So. <laughs> yeah, for anyone, uh, since we do not record video of this podcast, I feel that the listeners need to know that the entire time we are recording, not just today, but every time, Mary is constantly changing her hair. I think I've seen her in seven different hairstyles today. She had some braids. She had a milkmaid braid. She had like a high pony, which was super cute. Then she had a high button, but like a half button. She, she brought um, the high pony over across her face, so she looked like Eliza Thornberry. Yeah. Wait, what is a milkmaid braid? It's where you have it on top. It's when you do it like in front. Oh. Yeah, you told you were holding it over your head. You had it for a second Sorry. there. Yeah. So yeah, just so people know, Mary is constantly just playing with her hair when we record. And it's like kind of rude because she has such nice hair. And I wish <laughs> my sorry. hair was as long as hers. Just grow it out. I Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just grow it out because it's that easy. Hannah used to have long hair. She cut it cut. I don't, I, Hannah didn't say she's jealous of your long hair. I did. <laughs> 
<coughs> I can multitask. So anyway, I've stuck with the high pony for most of it. Yeah, the high half pony is actually super cute. I'm a I've big fan. I've never worn my hair like this before. I love it. I actually, I do my hair in a high half pony like that on a regular basis, and I call it my shih tzu hairstyle, where I look like a little shih tzu puppy. <laughs> I feel like I have too big of a forehead, so no, I never no, do that. You really you don't, don't have that. It covers my entire hand. Okay, it's a five head. Uh, yeah, but you have no, small you hands. you don't have your thumb. It's not a five head. Oh, if you- good point. First of all, you don't have, like, big hands. So even if your whole hand fit there, it doesn't mean it's, like, a giant forehead. But and whatever. Anyways, back to River to Hill. I will make sure when I one day animate these podcasts that they will include all of my different hairstyle changes. Don't worry. That's, why are just you just adding background. extra work? I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> we are animating them. Look, we're we don't need to discuss this right now. That's fair. <laughs> I did think I did think of another great piece of merch idea though. How about this? How about a um a glass or like a like a tumbler or even better like a little like Moscow mule thing that says we do not condone underage drinking on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> It would have That's to be a like one. a pretty, I, I think you'd have to do like a pint glass to have enough room for that messaging. I think it'd be great. If anyone would like to order one of these, just let me know. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. So we're going to pop into spoilers pretty soon, but you can follow me online at Frail Mary and you can follow the podcast in general if you just want to follow that at KowskiCast, it's Kow with a K. And you can also check out all of these episodes again, along with our rankings of cringiest moments and most normal character on kowskicast.com. Again, that's cow with a K. Kirsten, where can everyone find you? You can find me on social media at Kirsten Said What. You can also find me doing Love Island recaps on the reality TV wrap up speed on at robhasawebsite.com, as well as I have been pretty consistently doing the Sunday morning spot for Big Brother 21 live feed updates also on robhasawebsite.com. Hannah, what about you? I'm on Instagram at hannahve.exe. See, if we just throw it to you, it's you'll a say lot it right. easier. <laughs> the first try. I like it better exactly. when we mess it up. I miss the extra ends. <laughs> so follow Hannah for all of her cat pictures. Um <laughs> That she definitely has. Don't worry, Hannah. I'll send you pictures of my cats that you can then post on your Instagram. Oh, thank you. I was so longing for that to fill up my feed. Yeah, I know you definitely want that. Yes, it's great. All right. Well, now we are going to jump into spoilers. Spoiler time. Get it out. This out. Leave. 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 All right, spoilers. So I have a couple, most of them surrounding the Lodge family. Oh, really? Some of it. Yeah. I have, well, I have some Mary Andrews stuff as well. But so Hermione says that she was a mean girl in high school. And in the flashback episode from season three, we actually see that she seems to be more of like a quiet, goody-goody kind of character. Like she doesn't really seem like a mean girl unless she's implying that she became a mean girl after that. There's potential yeah, for I, that. I guess that's probably maybe it. I don't know. I I always found it really interesting in that episode the way that they portrayed Hermione because that's not I feel like in season one and two they led you to believe that she was just like uh, more like how I don't know Cheryl just more, more of like a yeah more like a Cheryl or, or something yeah yeah I don't I don't know well it just seems like what's, what's the her whole last name oh I have no idea 
I don't, I don't remember either. But so I think there's potential that she got mean after she started dating Hiram more because she came from a possible. background that was not as like affluent. Right. So that's definitely possible. Uh, and then they also talk about how Alice was a mean girl in high school. And again, she she was, but she was a mean girl in a different way. She was like a Southside serpent kind yeah, of Yeah, she wasn't mean a girl. mean girl. She was like a bad girl. Yes. She was more like a bad girl. But I guess they didn't really decide all of that until a little later on, even though the show has already established at this point that she was a serpent, but or at least was from the South Side. So it's a little weird that Mary wasn't in that flashback episode at all, now that I think about it again, just based on how much she actually was in season one. Who was supposed to play her? <sighs> yeah, That's you'd have to get one. someone else. AJ Kappa could have done her and friends. AJ Kappa? Yeah, I know. I got it wrong. <laughs> AJ, AJ it- Kappa in a wig. <laughs> uh, I know. I felt it happening and I was like, God. You could have had um. <laughs> Uh, I'm no, tired. Have the red-haired girls. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I don't know. They, I, I just, I think they got someone random to play uh, Hiram. So no, it wasn't completely a, random. It was real his son. Life son. What? Okay, well, get get someone related to Molly Ringwald. I don't know. I'm sure, she has relatives. I don't know. I don't know either. Um. <laughs> also, I love how Jughead is like, oh, it's gonna be so great for our parents to meet. Uh, little does he know that his her their parents already knew each other quite That's well. Exactly. Intimately. What, that was some my might spoiler. Say. <laughs> It's so funny. Um, And uh, I I mean, I do think that they play a little fast and loose with this because FP and and Alice are so like anti each other, but they also do a really good good job of never bringing up the fact that they had been together in high school. I think that, yeah, they they pretend it's not like a big deal, but it it was a big deal. Yeah. And so we know later that the reason that Hal and Alice were fighting was because um, it was either because he had just found out she was pregnant or it was because he wanted her to get an abortion and she did not want to. One of those two things. Um, and I think, I think that FP did overhear that part, but then decided that that's kind of a lot to say and did not say it out loud. I also would agree with that. Yeah. I, I think that, because FP didn't know that the child was his. No, so... he did, didn't he? Oh, no. No. Because so. she played it off. Finds out. Yeah, I don't think he finds out until she tells him in, like, season two that yeah. she did, she did have his baby, but and that it was Chick or wasn't one of the no. two. No. It wasn't. I mean, we know it wasn't, but she thought it was, at least. Oh, yeah. right. Getting. Sure. Yeah. So. Yikes. Also, uh, Mary Andrews mentions that Riverdale is not a great place and that it's about to slide off a mountain and go over the abyss, which, yes, it is. And that is what we call season two. And three. Well, and, three. and that's where FP was just trying to do the same thing. And especially if you were involved in something as intense as a murder cleanup, I'd want to get out of town too, but that also looks kind of sketch. He should have gone out of town like a long time ago. Yeah, but that still could have lo- looked sketch if it was too soon after. Yeah, but if it was like when they weren't investigating it as a murder. Oh, that's true. Because he was just a missing person. I mean, it looks sketch regardless. Yeah, but like also people move. And if it's like, yeah, I'm moving to be with my wife and my daughter, it's he at least has an excuse. But he was still mes- yeah. messed up in that time period. So to be clear with what actually happened in this episode, I think we find out later that that Clifford Blossom was the one who planted the evidence. I believe so. The gun, because it's the gun that he used. And how was he tipped off is the question to know that um, FP Keller. I mean, he's rich. He's got eyes everywhere. Yeah, I felt like there was something in this episode that mm, reminded me that how he knew, but I can't remember what it was. So they put the Penelope and Clifford had. 
Polly put to sleep with the drugs or whatever. And then Cheryl went to the game or the homecoming dance. But I don't think there was anything that really tipped them off or why. Yeah, I'm not sure. I do know that um, Alice says that she's not the one who tipped off. Uh, I think maybe just in the episode, Kevin says that the sheriff was tipped off to go investigate. And that's when we're supposed to know that probably Clifford tipped him off because he's the one who hid the stuff there, hid the evidence. And when when Betty asks Alice if she was the one who had tipped off the sheriff, she says that she wasn't. And I think in the show, you're supposed to not believe her, but I don't think she actually was. I think she actually didn't do that. Right. Yeah. So good on Alice. That's all I had for spoilers. Did anyone else have any other discussion topics? I had something that was just that, so we have Penelope drugging Polly in this episode, and it's kind of a nod to her other herbology that she does. Is herbology a real word, or did Harry Potter make that up? I feel like it's a real word. And like, the thing is, it's like, I know it's herbology, but I always want to call it herbology. Herbology? Even, I know that, I know it's wrong, but it just like, is what I want to call it when I I mean, when I read Harry Potter, I always call it herbology. Yeah. Even though, you're right, that's not how you should pronounce it. Hmm, Never thought about that before. But yeah, I mean, I think it's very kind of you to say that this was like a tip-off. I think it's more of just like a convenient connection that they had not decided at this point that Penelope was going to be creepy and weird and poison a bunch of people. But yeah, uh, Penelope is is one to to do things like that. Yeah. And now to to, uh, finish off this episode with an update on Mary's hair, she had two braids that came down and wrapped the high pony around so that it was kind of like a bun. And now the braids are getting wrapped around too? So it's so a, now it's just like a big high bun, but like intricate. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I think it's beautiful. <laughs> um, it kind of looks like one of the Who's would wear it. It does. It does look like Cindy Lou Who. Uh, anyway, um, okay. Well, well, guys, we're signing off for tonight. One day I'll remember to take pictures of all these hairdos and post them. You on shouldn't Twitter. do that. Um. <laughs> I don't Wait, recommend that. You still haven't posted the prom pictures, I'm pretty sure. She No, she no, did. did. She did. posted those oh, on Oh, you Twitter. did? I did. Okay, like I have to go ago. look for them yeah. now. We're all good. Actually, it was more than that. It was like four weeks it ago. It was when I she was it. on vacation. Um, anyways. You posted it on vacation? What the heck? I had queued it up. <laughs> Uh, Anyways, guys, so thanks for checking out this episode of the Riverdale Recap Podcast. We're finished here now, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Who the heck is Pam? I'm just a girl with a hot dog umbrella. We're the kids in America. Whoa.